As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Good Saturday morning, everybody. Episode 148 of the Hobby Hotline. Your Saturday morning and Tuesday evening live call-in video podcast with 21 different uh, personalities. Uh, Now I posted uh, uh, that kind of banner the the other day, you know, in in making that. I'm joined today by uh, Corey Donovan, Yamwax, and Adam Adam Palmer, Heroes for Sale. And, you know, guys... Real quick, when I was making that, uh, you know, you don't realize how many people are involved till you do <laughs> sometimes till you do uh, something like that. And just, uh, you know, want to thank everyone involved uh, in the show uh, for making what it is. And we, you know, it's just a great group of people, and and that's what the hobby usually is in general. So it's a it's a good representation. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, of the hobby, uh, and uh, proud to be, uh, you know, a, a small piece of that. So, uh, before we get into some some you know news, which wasn't a, a huge news week, um, the hobby did lose uh, somebody of importance. Uh, I did not know uh, this gentleman. Let me uh, put this picture on the uh, screen here, uh, Mr. Frank Barney. Uh, he and his wife Vivian. Uh, started the hobby uh, baseball hobby news, uh, and uh, back in 1979, it ran to 1993. One of the original, you know, content magazines, even before uh, Beckett. It wasn't a price guide, just like its name, uh, you know, entails. It was a news publication. They highlighted uh, news releases, uh, new releases, news in the hobby, which I'm sure was a lot less then than now, but still just the same. And, uh, you know, I know Dr. Jim uh, knew him personally. I know uh, Rich Klein knew him personally. They did a show on on Dr. Jim's Sports Card Insights, if anyone wants to kind of, obviously before uh, he passed, if anyone wants to to check that out, kind of the the backtrack there. But, uh, you know, uh, he's originally a New York City guy, so I like that much about him. But, uh, but uh, retired in Las Vegas, and uh, I believe he was 79 years old. So, uh, you know, condolences to the uh, Barney family. I know his wife Vivian uh, survives him, so condolences uh, to Vivian and, and the Barney family. But uh, you know, one of the original magazines. I remember the magaz- I remember the, the the publication. I don't, you know, I didn't know uh, Frank uh, uh, personally, but uh, you know, an innovator. We're talking 1979. Which is funny. That's the year uh, I opened my first pack of cards. So a little, little, uh, kind of a, a reach there, but a little bit of a, a semblance there. So, 
Uh, I know Rich, I don't know if Rich is going to pop on today, uh, but uh, if he does, he'll share some of his uh, personal thoughts about uh, Frank DeMann, and he, and he knew him. So, uh, you know, but we, you know, as we often do when, when someone in the hobby of significance is lost, we pay our, our proper respect. So uh, there we go. All right, guys, I guess, you know, the first, uh, the first uh, topic was, uh, I guess it's probably the bigger news uh, of the week. I'm going to put it on the screen here, too. Uh, PSA announced that economy service level is now fully open, but hang on there. But it's exclusive to the, you know, collectors club members only. It's $50, uh, 90 day estimated uh, keyword is estimated. Um, and then a little bit of a play, hey, not a, not a member. Here's how, uh, to become one. Um, you know, it, it I mean, it's not bad news, obviously I'm going to take this off the screen here. Um, it's not bad news, but to me, it's, it's, you know, the one thing they did before they actually released, uh, you know, that statement guys is they sort of. Hyped it up. They it was like a movie trip. Like, hey, Tuesday, stay tuned. We have a, a big announcement, you know. And everyone, you know how that goes. People speculate, hey, is it going down to twenty five bucks? Are they opening all levels? Are they are they caught up? Um, and then they came out with this, and it was kind of you know disappointing in that front. Sort of they, you know, I think they overhyped and underdelivered. Um, I, I read it, it you know what I mean? It didn't move my me. I got two orders in there that are, are working on 17, 18 months. And then I see 90 days, you know, and I'm like, they can't even, you know, get my stuff from 18 months ago. But, you know, uh, again, they're not doing stuff in, in exact order. Let's be real. And, and I understand that if you pay for, you know, those higher levels, you're going to get it back in two weeks or one week. That's what you pay for. But, um, I mean, your thoughts. To, to me, it didn't move my meter. I, I was just like, okay, you know, and, and, you know, laughed at the big sort of lead up into that day, and then that's that's kind of what you get. Uh, am I wrong? I could be. It wouldn't be the first time, uh, Corey or, or Adam. I don't know who wants to go first. Yeah, so, I mean, you're right. What really has, has opened up? I, I wonder if there's a psychological um, change here just that it does seem now like a, a lower cost option is open, you know, gates wide open with that caveat that you have to be a collector's club member and they're probably going to get me. I'm at the point now where I've, I've hesitated to sign up for that membership. Um, you know, the magazine would be cool, but you know, why, why do it? But at this point I do want to send some cards in at that level. Now I could work through a group sub. Um, that's been open for, I don't know, months now, right, John, or at least a month where you could go to a group sub and give them as many cards as you'd want to your local card shop that maybe organizes a group sub. Yeah, just but don't I, go to Mark's cards. Yeah. That's my only advice. But like you, ahead. like I have a sub out there that's over a year old now, and that, that hurts when you see the 90 days, but that went through a group sub, and I, I've heard the word is that they're treating the, the big bulk group subs um, kind of as second tier in terms of the cards they're getting back to people. And I have this card through a group sub. And at this point, you know, after having done that in my early days in the hobby, now I feel competent to sub my cards myself. And uh, it just seems like they're going to get back quicker that way. So they, they may have hooked me in with this. So I, I don't know, for someone like me, there's there's a marketing benefit and they're going to get people in the system. And it's yeah. unlimited. Oh, real quick, Adam, too. I, yeah. I, I forgot to mention it's unlimited before they sort of had a, a cap. They've uh, taken the cap off. So that, I mean, 
probably you know what if if there's anything of significance i think that's the biggest thing of significance so but go ahead adam, adam sorry about that no it's all right yeah i was just gonna say like <clears throat> nowadays on social media there's like two ways to announce things either you leak the information like somebody has it and then it becomes like a leak which is like anytime something leaks it's it's clearly that's they're doing that on they're purposely they're they're leaking it to whoever just so it leaks or you do an announcement for an announcement and then the announcement never ends up being as big as it ends up as it, as it should. And, and kind of in this case, I mean, I think with, with, with grading overall, like I don't, I, it is such a, like a double edged sword where it's like, you want cheap prices for grading, but then does that hurt the value? Like what's, I almost think PSA should sort of figure out a way to divide grading into two different sections, like where, you know, you, you have maybe rookie cards, like for like maybe people who are looking to grade and flip the cards. And then, but then there's also people who are collectors who just want to get their cards graded. Like, I feel like there should almost be a, a, a division between the two, like try and figure out pricing in a way that like, maybe it's rookie cards are a section and then non rookie cards are another section. I don't know exactly how you do it or how it's done. Or maybe it's like, maybe it's even you could even do like, if you only submit 10 cards a year, you only pay a certain amount. But if you're submitting hundreds and hundreds of cards, then you're maybe paying a little bit more because if you're submitting that many cards, you're not just doing it because you want to get your cards graded. You're doing it probably because you want to get, get them graded and sell them most likely where if you're only submitting five, 10 cards a year, most likely you're probably just getting those cards graded because they're just part of your collection and you want them graded or whatever. So, I mean, I think at that $50 price point, they are going to continue to get people in. You know, I, I do think that they've made strides to change kind of the culture of PSA overall. Obviously, changing ownership is a big one, but it's like back when, you know, cards were kind of exploding again, the, they realistically should have, when they got the backlog to three or four months, they knew it was going to take three or four months to clear it. They should have just cut it off then. And whether that was, you know, if, if that was July of 2020 or if that was November of 2020 or at any point, it should have been cut off much sooner than it was in order for sort of the influx to not seem like so overwhelming. So I think bringing it to that $50 price point, I think is a decent, uh, is a decent price point just because like, you know, I don't think $50 is that unreasonable. Like, especially if they're still doing like values and stuff, like it, it, I just think the $50 price point is reasonable for somebody who's maybe, you know, even if you're looking to buy grade and flip, like I think there's still room there, but also for like maybe a collector, like I said, I just think that they should maybe try and divide it and figure out a way to cater to both types of people who want to get their cards graded. Yeah, well, let's go over a, a couple comments uh, to kind of uh, piggyback off what, what we just discussed. Uh, uh, our fellow uh, Hobby Hotline uh, member, John Keating, the 70 card show, nine nine you know $999 declared value, 90 days, $90 membership fee. Come on, man. So he's, he's not on board. Um, Logan Ward, who's in the PSA Registry Hall of Fame, will get flooded. Uh, with Zion cards now. And I want to speak to that, Adam. You said, you know, and I don't disagree with you. Uh, I think you're right. $50, I mean, to some it may be, in a, you know, hey, that's still a lot of money. I mean, it depends right. who you talk to. Everyone's going to have a different opinion. I will say this. The difference between 20 and 25 and $50 doesn't seem like much, but it can be, in, in my case, the determining factor where a card goes for grading, whether it be uh, SGC 
or PSA, which I've used both, full disclosure. Um, and for, you know, the, the one of the reason I mentioned Logan, besides being a great guy and a uh, fellow team members, uh, you know, that those set registries people, right? Those people who are selling, uh, submitting cards that maybe you, you normally wouldn't, but you're, you're doing the set registry, $50 to, to certain uh, of those cards is going to be, you know, uh, very hard to, to, to swallow. So, right. you know, I get asked all the time, I'm sure you do, Corey, you know, hey, is PSA ever going to get back to 20, 25 bucks? I don't, I don't know. Obviously, I don't work for PSA. Uh, they've been pretty tight-lipped about it. Other than I've, I've heard, you know, Nat Turner say that they, they want to uh, again, you know, but saying you want to and, and doing are, are two different things, right? And so I don't know. You know, when, when the backlog first happened and the hobby boom was going on, I almost felt like PSA was – was trying to kind of be the high end grader. They only wanted to grade big boy cards, as I call them, you know, uh, or or higher, more expensive kind of elite cards. And then they, so they did that, you know, what was it, like $300 at one point, then it went down right. a little bit. And I just wondered if that was the, again, this is all speculation. I just wondered if that was the original plan. And maybe even though they're still the busiest grading company, you know, they track all that. Maybe they saw their num their intake decline, uh, and they're like, "Hey, we don't, you know, that, you know, Plan B. That's that's, you know, we don't want to cut out a whole niche of the hobby that's that's still important." Uh, and uh, so I, I just wondered, you know, what kind of com- those kind of conversations. Um, I'd like to see uh, twenty twenty five dollars uh, again. I, I think uh, <laughs> I don't think that's. Uh, uh, you know, I think most people would, would want to see that. Uh, you know, someone asked me when it used to be 10 or 12 bucks. I think those days are definitely uh, over uh, for for almost every grading card uh, company with supply chain issues and plastics and the fact that you don't really have to do that level anymore. If you go, uh, I think the other grading companies have shown you can do uh, 20 to 40 bucks and, and do very good business. So, uh, I, you know, 10 to 12 bucks, unless they run a deal for like a, like you're in the club and just for you or something like that. And I don't even see that, but, uh, you know, that's, that's where I think, uh, uh, we're at, uh, again, this and that, you know, uh, it, it worked. I mean, as you heard Corey say, I'm going to probably have, you know, join, join this club. So I think, I mean, I might, poo-poo it, but it, 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 you know, if Corey's saying that, I'm sure there's many others that say, all right, I'm going to, you know, stop resisting and, and join the club. And, uh, you know, I guess that's what they're shooting for. So, yeah. Well, the reason yeah. they're hooking me is related to Logan's comments. I don't know if you want to see his recent comment about being a collector, not a flipper, and just wanting to add cards to sets. Yep. You know, I'm getting, I'm getting antsy to start adding some cards that I want to have graded that they probably aren't really worth being graded, at least not at today's values. Just, you know, you guys know I collect some weird cards and I do collect some sets and I'd like to round out some of those cards. I just want to have in slabs, have protected, have consistent with the rest of my collection. And, um, you know, there I'm going to probably spend some dumb money, uh, not crazy money, but 50 bucks a card, maybe on a couple dozen cards. I just get some cards finally graded that I've got in my list of a few hundred cards I ultimately want to get graded but I can't justify doing even at 50 bucks, but I'm just getting antsy and I want to get some of them graded. Yeah. Another comment. I, oh, go I, ahead. Adam. I, was, I was just going to say, I mean, I think it's the, I think it's a scenario like I was mentioning where I feel like they should, they should be able to figure out a way to divide 
you know, if, like you said, if you're, if you're, if, you know, if you're submitting cards that aren't necessarily like rookie cards or they or maybe, you know, are just like a card that you want to get graded, like, I, I don't know. And maybe it's even like, if they were to do something like that, maybe it's like they don't give it a grade and they just say it's, they just put the name on the slab or something along those lines. But I, I like the $50, I think is, is high, but I think they have so much data and it just in general, like business, business that's being done nowadays. It's like, everybody has, you gotta be going on what the data is saying for the most part. And with yeah. PSA, they just have so many submissions and so many examples of different different ways that they've tried to approach this that it seems like maybe the $50 they think is going to be, cause this could just be another, another step in the direction of like, maybe at one point they do get to 20 to $25 for a card. If like, you know, I don't know if you pay, I don't know, you know, you pay for some membership, a different membership, a different type of membership, and then you can get 20 to $25 cards or something because like, like I, I think I go back to the example of like when PSA shut down, they probably looked at it and said, if we can get a million cards for $20 and grade a million cards at $20, but we can also get um, half a million cards at $40, why wouldn't we want, why wouldn't we want to do less work and make almost the same amount of money? Like if you're a business that just makes sense. Like I get that a lot of like, I think a lot of people in the hobby think that the hobby needs to be catered to them specifically. (laughs) And I, I, I agree that it's like it in ways it can be that way. And I, but I think sometimes we don't realize that the companies are companies that are trying to make money. Like now PSA obviously switched from, you know, being a public company to now private, but at the same time, it's like, you know, Nat Turner has a history of buying and as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Selling companies and making money doing that, so it's not... He maybe he is buying it, or his his group is buying it to help the hobby a little bit. But at the same time, they're looking to they're looking to make money the same way any other business is. You know, it's the same. Like we'll get into the NFTs later, and it's a sort of it's kind of a similar um, opinion I have on that. But like I just think that it's 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 for a lot of people, it's it's for a good amount of people in the hobby, it's not about the money. So it's like the fifty dollars isn't reasonable for somebody 
coming in that's like, you know, if you're a new person, you just want to get your card graded $50. That's kind of expensive, especially if you only bought the card for like a couple bucks. Like what's, you know, there's no incentive, I guess, to get that card graded where maybe they want to, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, great points. I agree, Adam. Uh, maybe, like you said, a, a club for that 2025, whatever the parameters are, maybe you pay, you know, a $200, you know, the, the club right now is $99. Maybe they make a, a $200 level collector's <laughs> club where you get to submit 20, you know, for $2025 a car. I don't know. We're obviously, right. we're, we're, it's all speculation uh, from us. None of, not, not that uh, not that I know of, but uh, none of us work for for PSA. No. Um, a couple comments I want to get to. Uh, you know, Logan Ward, who I obviously very heavily involved with with PSA. On you know, it's not a reasonable uh, price port. Uh, Rex uh, got Gocher from uh, Michigan. The shot. We're always on the uh, screen there. He says we still have cards at PSA that have been there fourteen months. No priority given to those at $15 uh, subs, but they'll give us our $50 cards in 90 days. That's uh, awful customer service. I kind of alluded to that in, in my early. Uh, again, Logan, uh, I collect cards on the registry. This completely stops me from doing this. And Rex, who's you know online with all the companies now, congrats uh, to them, Panini Tops and all the rest. Uh, he says, as a potential biz partner for a grading card company, I can tell you we will never partner with a company that treats their customers uh, like this. So, you know, uh, and, and Rex, another comment, and then we'll, uh, you know, grading with PSA for resale straight up gambling anyway, you're gambling on any given day. Well, I think at any, you know, and I agree with that. I think any, I think the hobby in general, uh, in the sense is a gamble, whether you're buying a box of cards or a pack of cards or you're submitting uh, to any grading company, right? You, you think you, you know, this card's a nine or a 10 and, and you get it back. I, I, I get it. it hurt. I've been there. Uh, been there, done that. I've I've learned from trial and error. It's not a it's not a good day if you send something you think is going to grade well and it doesn't. Uh, when you especially if you look, you know yourself with due diligence, magnification, and it still uh, comes at. I, I believe me, I've I've been there. It's not not fun, um, but uh, you know that I you know I don't know. I, again, I get asked that all the time. John, are we ever going to see PSA twenty twenty five dollars? I, you know, I, I don't know if they, you know, I, I, I heard what Nat said, but I, I really wonder if they really don't want to and trying to sort of, you know, hold off for as long as they can until um, they have really no choice. Maybe their submissions uh, drop off, you know, to a point where they're like, we have to do it at this to, to keep a, a good enough market share. You know, I, I will say this: uh, I think we can all agree that. The price levels they've they've stayed at from all the way from three hundred now down to to fifty uh, have sort of opened the door for SGC and and CSGs to kind of close uh, that gap. I'm not saying it's completely closed, but they've they've sort of moved up. Uh, you know, I think Gemrate does that. You know, weekly uh, kind of submission, and you've seen those those two companies make strides uh, compared to previous levels. So I think you know, and I'm sure PSA. Uh, gets winded at too, or they know where where the others are. It's like a race, right? Every once in a while, if you're leading, you'll take a glance back or look in your rearview mirror. How close? How how far ahead of this race? And you know, am I winning this? So, you know, that that'll be some of the more determining factors uh, for that twenty to twenty five dollar. Uh, John, I gotta like say, 
this, you know, the PSA price point, it feels a little bit like the lines that Vegas sets. Vegas set, and, and, and we're all Lakers fans. So Vegas knows that the Laker fans will come in heavy to bet in Vegas. So the Lakers lines are never very friendly to the Lakers bet. Uh, so the Lakers are, you know, always adding a few points. Um, their fans because they're gonna they just set the line wherever people are gonna come in and pay, come in and, and bid, and uh, you know, and they know us card collectors are probably gonna overpay at times for cards. Is that fair? No, but like Adam said, they're a business. Um, I, I do hope Nat has talked about possibly integrating with the set registry to get people. Um, who are set collectors trying to put together sets uh, a, a different price point with their membership and, and all that. So I'm curious to see where that ever goes, if at all, because that would be a great balance to try to get collectors involved. There are other things like Adam's talking about. We need we need to have kind of both paths and 50 yeah. is a, a price point that works for most collectors at that low end. So I do think at some point we'll see the 2025, but I don't know if we're close yet. Yeah. And, and I agree too, Corey. And, and, you know, taking myself even out of the equation, right? I want the twenty twenty five dollar. I don't do the set registry. I just want to send some cards. But taking mm -hmm. that out of the equation and thinking of those set registry guys, uh, I think about that. I try to think about everyone, the whole hobby as a whole. And and like you said, and like we've all kind of said, comments have alluded to that. That fifty dollar price point, you know, is not. You're not going to send a, a you know a nineteen sixty four tops Dell Ennis in. Uh, for 50 bucks even in great shape most likely mm. um especially if you're not reset if you're doing a set registry you're most likely i don't want to speak to, and paint everyone with the same broad but you're most likely building that set for yourself and so even if it gets a 10 while you're ecstatic it's a dell ennis and and you're not selling it and uh it cost you 50 bucks uh to submit it so uh i even if they do you know like adam brought up a, a great point maybe do uh, a collector's club for the 20 to 25 dollar level you're, they're doing one for the 50 dollar level maybe do you know a separate one uh, kind of what Corey's saying take care of those set registry people who were there which you early and often who kind of built your, your business up and you know sort of uh, thank them for being a huge you know because that i mean when everyone compares grading companies right that's one of the first thing a psa fan will point to is that that set registry they have and so that's a a, a a feather in their hat and and you know to me the, the people that helped uh, you know that part of their grading company uh you know they shouldn't they shouldn't turn their backs on them now and so whatever that answer is to that Corey and adam you know um you know i i like to see those people not sort of like on the outside looking in especially after all the years that they've sent cards in and sort of built up psa's reputation uh set registry wise so you know any kind of closing thoughts before we move on uh to the next topic no i'm good yeah i think we covered grading i think uh, we, grading's always you know it's always a topic that's like so on the minds of collectors and like i think there's so many different angles and i think uh you know it's always something on top of collectors minds for the most part yeah, and our next, our next, our next topic is going to be grading too. It's it's a heavy grading news week and sort of a quiet news uh, week cycle. But you know, like I've always told people, even if you don't like grading, and I know people that don't, to to sort of deny the significance of it is is you can't do that. So uh, the next one, we won't spend as much time uh, on this one. The CSG has released uh, uh, photos uh, of their. 
perfect 10 label, a card that grades 10 in all four of the categories. I'm going to, I'm going to put this picture up uh, as well, guys, and just uh, so people can see it rather than, than talk about it. So uh, there you go. They used a Mike Trout uh, game within the game card. Uh, I guess black is like the color of, you know, perfect tens. We get the, the Beckett black label and CSG uh, going with a, you know, uh, heavy black, uh, definitely all around uh, the borders, uh, the 10 perfect. It says perfect 10. Uh, you know, in, in gold, uh, and uh, it's going to have hollow foil uh, technology, anti-counterfeiting, uh, and all and, and all that good stuff too. So, uh, I don't submit to, to CSG uh, at this point. Uh, I don't have any problem. I'm going to take it back off the screen here. Um, I don't have any problem with the label. Uh, you know, it, to me, it looks sharp. I mean, if I did submit there, I would obviously hope to get. Uh, some of those labels back uh, you, you know your thoughts on on i i guess the label uh you know what do you think of csg maybe kind of overall and uh, you know black again as sort of the color of choice for uh, a, a a car that that you know shoots a perfect score if you will yeah well i've always i've said this for a while and i put out like a tiktok video about this like forever ago that like I think that the black label or like the 10 above a 10 grade, I just don't, there's no cards that are in this, this higher standard of condition because I just, I find it impossible that a card can be printed, cut, put in a pack, pack, put in a box, box, put in a bigger box, box opened, then, then that box opened and then the pack opened and then the, and then you get the card and then you get, and then you have to put it in a top loader and then you ship it away to wherever you're grading. There's just no way there can be that many steps and then it be a perfect grade. It just, it, in my opinion, it's, it's not like a scam, but it's just, I just don't see how a card can be in such perfect condition that we can be using terms like perfect grade or like, you know, even the BGS black label. Like, I just think that just leaving it a BGS 10, like, you know, I, I, I find it hard to believe. I think in general, like I think too also maybe these, some of the CSG, I don't know what it is about their new label compared to their old label, but I'm not like in love with it. I feel like they, I feel like if I, I like PSA because it's pretty, it's a pretty simple label. And I feel like almost, I wish that more grading companies would try that rather than, you know, adding all this design elements and i mean hga is another example i kind of that's on a different that's kind of a different conversation i like that style because i don't but i think like with your if you're the grading company and you have this label like i just think you should be making it as straightforward as possible like hga for like i said it's another example they're going completely off the off the trail there with the design of their labels and that's completely different than what i think what CSG did with like trying to almost modernize the label look when it's like, unless you're going the whole HGA route, I don't think it's necessary in my opinion. I think keeping it straightforward works fine. Um, but I do, you know, the rebrand I think is, a, it does look a little bit better in my opinion, but not like significant, not to the point where I'd be like, I'm going to submit with CSG because I like how the label looks, I guess. Yeah. Well, Logan agrees with you. Uh, Adam, there are no perfect cards, and it you know marketing gimmick. So, I think it's it's a thing they use, like you said, to uh, you know if you want to call it a marketing gimmick, they're not going to call it that. Obviously, right? Um, they're going to just say, hey, these are the the cream of the cu uh, crop of cards that come through. 
Uh, I'll let uh, I'll let Corey yeah. chime in here. We got Mike Moynihan. I'm going to bring him on, but go ahead. Uh, cool. Corey. Well, that black label of uh, the consistency now of the black label, hey, Mike, is interesting. Where we've got, uh, you know, the black, uh, SGC is already black, so they have the gold to it. So it seems like everything has black or black and gold. And now we have the um, this pristine 10 from from Beckett and or that's yeah pristine is SGC with the black label now it's the yeah. perfect 10 um, but who doesn't have Which, a super if you 10? say perfect 10 Corey uh, my mind goes somewhere else even though uh, I'm <laughs> but that's what they call it right old, or what do right? they call it and I then, think it is yeah, per, I mean there was a ma- I, if I'm not I I, I know I hear you I hear you <laughs> I think there was a magazine called Perfect 10 back in yeah the so but they but all these companies have a super 10 now but who doesn't have a super 10 PSA so does it, you know, like everybody is trying to do this marketing gimmick, the super scion 10, the, you know, the he's on fire, ball is on fire from NBA jam 10, you know, but it's not, I don't think it goes over the top. If the premier grader, the, well, I say premier by being, they have the number one market position PSA doesn't have a super 10 and they're like, you know, forget about your tens. A 10 is a 10. We don't do that. Um, how much, you know, will people care if the main grader doesn't have that 10 plus? Mike, you want to chime in? I, I left you in the room for a couple minutes. Uh, there are no perfect cards, period. So yeah. the fact that anybody can call something a 10 just makes me laugh. Uh, I mean, PSA's 10 is not the same as a gold label. You know, a, a gem mint doesn't mean perfect, right? Yeah. And so there's there's a huge distinction there. And uh, it's just a gimmick. Whatever. It is a gimmick, but I will say this. It is a gimmick. You won't get any argument from me. But we've seen what some of these black labels, pristines, uh, now we have Perfect 10 in the arena. We've seen what these kind of cards go for on the secondary market. There's a premium. People are going, not me, not you guys probably, but there are people who are going to overpay, if you will. Uh, you know, some will argue no one overpays. It's what you pay. But People are going to pay a premium, let's put it that way, for these cards that are labeled uh, as such. You know, here's a question. So PSA doesn't do this, and and I agree. It's kind of cool that they don't. Do you think all the other grading companies are sort of doing it because PSA does it? I mean, I think I'm I'm sort of answering my question. It's sort of, hey, we can offer you this potentially if your card uh, qualifies. PSA doesn't. Yeah, I mean, I think it it probably has to be like that. I mean – I guess it's it's interesting, like from a business perspective, like you know, I don't know why companies wouldn't want to sort of follow the same sort of grading system that PSA has put in place, just because, like Corey was saying, they're the they have probably the most market share of any of the grading companies, so like clearly they're doing something right. Like I, I think it it, mu- it really must just be that they're trying to say, well. But it also, you look at it and say, like, well, what are even the chances you get this grade? So it's like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. It's not something that I even like. I don't think like the BGS black label compared to a PSA ten. Like, you could take either of those two cards and put them together and put them next to each other. And if you were to say, pick one, pick which is which, I bet you nine out of ten people wouldn't be able to tell the difference. But if you're looking at price wise, it's like a it's like an eight to ten times difference in price between the two. So it's like you know, I get that the, the, the black label is a lower popular. It's going to be a lower population, obviously, than the PSA 10. But I just don't think it's like it, grading from that perspective, I guess it's you, you can't tell the difference. So it's like, what's the what's the point if 
and you know, it's kind of maybe just a, a mindset of myself versus, you know, somebody who is willing to maybe buy one of the black labels. But like mm-hmm. I said, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's, it's worth the extra amount you'd be paying one versus the other. It gives them a chance to, to position that their cards sell for more because mm-hmm. that, you know, that black label, that pristine 10 outsells the PSA 10. So they could say, you know, look at the Charizard. There's only three in the world in a black label and it's worth three to four or eight times more, whatever that. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Value is. And then it gets people, their, their proponents, the people who love, like, um, maybe SGC over PSA, be able to argue no look sgc outsells psa when i kind of throw up in my mouth a little bit every time i hear that because there is that differential where you're not comparing apples to apples hey guys here's uh, going back to kind of our first uh, topic but i i want to uh, put this up it's uh, from dr and I, I like this point going back to the set registry maybe a different colored flip for set registry folks at a budget price would you care if it wasn't a red label mm. but a blue label at 10 to 15 dollar card there's there's an angle we didn't uh, uh, tag. I kind of like that. So you can submit for the set registry, ten to fifteen bucks, but you're going to get a blue label. Why and then, quite frankly, huh? Why does it? Why would that matter? Why would that? Well, mean- I guess that. I guess his point. I, I, I see. A, I can make. It, I see an argument on both sides. I guess Dr's point is you you're paying a lesser price because you you want to get your cards in on the set registry. And as such, they're going to be in a different label for, so maybe it just differentiates. So if you were to try to resell, you know, someone can hold that against you. You know, oh, I know you paid a, a lesser price. Kind of a silly thing, but you know, it's kind of. A, I mean, I, I'm not opposed to that. I, I, I if anything that keeps the set registry guys to get their stuff graded. I mean, I'm, I'm I don't care. If, to me, I wouldn't care if it's blue or red. You know, what if PSA puts even registry on it some way. Maybe it's maybe not in bold, you know, a big part, but maybe in parentheses, set registry graded, you know, or something to signify, hey, this is part of the set registry. I don't know if people like that, but, uh, you know, that sort of thing. So, I mean, what uh, anyone like this? Uh, I, I, when I first read it, I, I thought it was kind of a cool thought. I don't know. Uh, you guys... 
disagree. I know Mike said, what's the difference? Well, I'm a, I'm a huge registry guy. Um, shoot. That's all. That's pretty much what I do, but I, I would, I don't think that would move the needle. They should, they should just offer it, you know, certain, they should just segment out and say, we're doing fifties cards. I mean, how can you prove that someone's putting it in their set registry? Right. How, how do you prove that? Right. Yeah. I'm doing it for my set registry, you know, or whatever. I do think they should segment it out and try to do uh, different groups of cards specifically for set registries. Um, they can't even say something like commons or $10. Well, what defines what a common is? You know, one man's common is another man's superstar. So it it becomes very convoluted and difficult for PSA to do. I just think they need to have more specials, more specific specials. And then that'll that'll start lumping in the set registry guys. And just make it cheaper, period. They're already making them, you know, a mint. They're printing money, right? But uh, they don't listen to me. I've already tried. I don't think they listen to anybody except for people in the. They say they're the on building. track to, to get through the backlog by September. I wonder if that's a significant date for them, you know, to drop that price. They, they're already kind of peeving off the people who have cards that are now there for 18 months and they're, you know, charging people 50 bucks when someone else paid $100 to get their cards back in a year and a half. Um, I, I just think maybe psychologically they're waiting for that to pass. It's a guess. Yeah, and, and I know you said you had some cards in there, Corey. So full disclosure, just, just to kind of for transparency, I have two orders in there. One is in QA1, uh, whatever the timetable, meaning it's graded and they're just doing the uh, quality control. Uh, and the other one is in grading uh, uh, status. So maybe in 2022 I'll, I'll get those uh, cards back, but – they have moved. They have moved a little faster. Re, you know, be fair about it. They have moved faster in the recent months than than prior, where it seems like they were just who knows where and sitting on what table or you know what room and, and that sort of thing. So they, I'm, I'm, I'm like you, like you said, Corey. They are, they are catching up. Uh, uh, I'm sure you would like to get yours uh, back. I would like to get mine back. I don't know if you want to share it like I did. I mean, do you know what stages? Yeah, absolutely. So I had I had two that were not quite the lowest tier, the second lowest tier that came back um, just about a month ago that took just over a year. And now I have one that's entered grading that uh, was the lowest tier value or whatever, and that's um, now 14 months in. So, yeah, fingers crossed I get it back into summer. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. Mike, yeah, I mean, you buy – you can correct me if I'm wrong. You Do you buy most of yours, like, already graded? I do, but I have a ton of, I have ton, I have three orders there now. Okay. Um, but they're on the PSA DNA side. So it's still taking forever, by the way. <laughs> so it's, it's no different. I, somebody, foul ball, foul five ball says grading is a scam. And I hear that all the freaking time. And I am sick of people saying that, honestly. I look, if you think it's a scam, don't do it. Right. I think buying wax is a scam. <laughs> so I think that's a waste yeah. of money. Uh, and people rag on me for saying that. Well, I like wax. Well, good for you. I like grading. <laughs> so if you don't want to grade, don't grade, you know, uh, as Norman runs out of the room. Uh, just, I, I don't like when people say those types of things. I don't, I shouldn't say those. I shouldn't say wax is a absolutely waste of an investment because guess what? I still buy wax every once in a while. So then I'm a pot calling the kettle black and I, and it, and it can be fun and all that. Um, 
What I mean is whack, opening wax is a losing proposition most of the time. Guess what? Probably grading is a lo- especially at the current levels of pricing. Grading is a losing proposition. I saw Ty get a bunch of stuff back. Uh, my partner on bench clear and oh my gosh, he got hammered. He lost money on dang near every card uh, because of what he paid for him. And that's the risk you run. That's the risk you run with opening a box of cards. It's the risk you run with sending your cards in to get graded. It doesn't mean it's a scam. It just means be prepared to not win every time. We think that the hobby in the last two years has, I think, gotten people so used to winning all the time in in the flip game and the make money game. And that's just not, it's not been true for the rest of the, the other 38 years I've been in the hobby. So why we, we have this recency bias that everything should keep going the way it goes always in perpetuity. And that's just things go, come and go. I literally only came on to promote chasing cardboard and have everybody go watch it. But uh, I will, uh, I think I got into more than I intended. I just, so yeah, you got, we hooked you out. We, we got you out in the hook. I know. Now you got me going. Jin. And then real Jin. Jeez. Now I'm, oh. Yeah. real And, and I just had, uh, Ty on, on hot, um, Sports Card Nation this past Friday, or yesterday, I should say, and uh, we talked about Chasing Cardboard. Uh, great. I, I like the show. I've watched uh, the two episodes, the, and, uh, you know, it's basically going to travel the country. Has a, uh, like we said on the show, has an American Pickers uh, kind of feel to it. Uh, very cleanly done. I, you know, I watched it on YouTube, but like I told Ty, I, didn't, I felt like I was watching it on my big TV rather than on my computer screen. It has that sort of uh, vibe to it and feel to it. So uh, who knows? Like, like you said, maybe uh, someday you, you might see it uh, in that form and, and fashion, but uh, very well, uh, very well done. So check that out on, on YouTube for now, maybe uh, A&E uh, later <laughs> down the line. So Well, next week, the episode three comes out Monday, which is kind of our first season. We kind of did three episodes. I went and saw Part of it's me going to look at a collection in episode three. We're going to shoot next week. I'm going to see several collections. Like we've got a lot of travel on the docket for us to continue to do this. Uh, yeah. And we're getting, ironically, that you do the show and now everybody's reaching out. Hey, we have this. I have this. I have that. I, yeah. I know a buddy that has this stuff. And so it's turning into some cool opportunities that are, I mean, the first episode is over 50,000 views, which is a lot for YouTube sports card stuff. Maybe not for, you know, Jeff's sports card investor, but for the rest of us, that's a lot. And so uh, anyway, it's it's been great to see the feedback and it's cool to be involved in it. And we got a lot more coming. We're, we're shooting a lot of stuff. So season right, two. Well, now, you, now, you know, Mike, you got to put like, you know, in the commercials of your of that show, your show, there's got to be a hobby hotline sliding there uh, I know. somewhere. <laughs> It, it only well, takes it only takes money to have you have a slide in there. <laughs> Believe me, we are not shy about it. It only takes money. <laughs> we got to pay for all this stuff somehow. It ain't. It's very expensive. Well, gas. Think, listen, so. gas is cheap right now, man. To travel the country. Sure. Yeah, you can. You, know, you don't need the money that bad. Mm-hmm. Hey, are you uh, are you excited about? Are you coming over to my house this weekend? Uh, yeah, I mean, I like to. I know John Keating, uh, this show's going to like a personal show, but uh, is there a barbecue uh, going on, you guys? What's the We're all coming. Uh, Adam, Adam and Corey are coming too. What's for dinner? But uh, I'd like to, sure. I mean, I know John Keating's never seen the beast behind you. I have, uh, but uh, you know, if you want to kind of 
make kind of a, a set of date or time we can figure maybe figure that out yeah sorry guys we're dealing john's coming to the dallas show this weekend upcoming okay. weekend and uh yes logan if you're going to be here you can come over for sure <laughs> yeah yeah uh, you got, you're gonna have a house full it sounds like to me hey the more the merrier it, all cards are meant to share and have fun with it and so that's kind of the point if you just yeah yeah. All right. Before we uh, people drop roll. off I'll that aren't invited to your house, uh, what? What's that? <laughs> I'm going to take off. Y'all finish the show and have fun. Thanks, guys. All right. so, Thank I'm going to check the Mike. show out, Mike. Sounds <laughs> awesome. Yeah, you'll you'll like it. It's it's well done. Chasing cardboard. See you guys later. See ya. All right, guys. Uh, 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 next topic I got as we kind of pivot from a, a non grading uh, story, if you will, uh, NFTs. Uh, Anyone that knows me or knows my content knows I'm not a fan at all. Uh, I don't take any joy uh, in what sort of happened this week either. I want to be very uh, clear in that. People lost money. Uh, people are human beings. The, the economy is already at the highest inflation rate. So to root uh, against people on top of that is you, you got to be a bad person. So while I'm not happy about this for the people, I kind of was one of the people right from the jump saying, I don't get. I don't see this. I don't get it. I think this is not a, a, a good thing. Uh, you know, my son uh, even uh, at dinner at the dinner table yesterday said, "Do you see what NFTs did, Dad?" And I said uh, I, a little bit. What What do you you know? What do you got out uh, it that uh, you're talking about it? And he said, "I have four you know high school buddies that tried to get me to you know invest and do it, and I didn't." Uh, after talking to me, but also he kind of saw it the same way. And he goes, yeah, they, I was talking to him yesterday. They lost like 80% of what they put in it. They're down and, you know, they're hurting. And, uh, you know, I've seen other posts where, you know, whether it's true or not, people have said they've really put their life savings into these things, which you really shouldn't probably put your life savings into almost anything uh, just by, by, you know, rule of nature, but, uh, so some people have really lost uh, on these. Um, and it, it's, I'm, I'm sad for the people. Um, but I'm, I'm going to be the kind of, uh, I told you so guy, cause that's kind of what I've said, uh, from, uh, the jump, you know, and, uh, it's funny. I opened up Google today on my, on my phone. And I mean, the first three stories uh, on there were, you know, NFT crash, NFT does can, you know, one said NFTs dead. One said NFT crash, and the other said, you know, can F can NFTs uh, come back? Uh, come back, and uh, uh, so you know that's where we're at. And uh, again, I want to come across the, as I, I'm not, you know, while I kind of predicted it, uh, I, I feel bad for people who who lost uh, on the financial side of things. You don't, I don't root against a fellow human beings. So. Uh, what you know, your thoughts, guys, on, on sort of you know, I don't think this was a one week deal, but it really sort of culminated uh, this week. I, you know, I've never bought or sold an NFT, even though I think you know, some collectors know that I've dabbled in the making creation of them just because I'm curious, I wanted to know the technology. So I, I'm pretty familiar with the NFT space, even though I'm not a, a trader. Um, but I, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of things have taken a beating in the last month couple months especially in tech and if you look at the losses for crypto um and nfts i mean they're kind of in line with what the big tech companies have taken 50 to 70 percent wax uh on the year so far so it's really interesting to see 
how like I think people thought of crypto as this place you could go for safety when the market was uh, in trouble. And we're seeing it really just aligns that, you know, people need money. They're going to sell off their assets. And the one thing about, you know, crypto assets is, man, it's it's uh, what they call seamless. It's easy to get into it and sell, uh, but it's also easy to dump it. And uh, there's been a lot of that the last week. So I definitely feel bad for <clears throat> people that need the money and are trying to sell into that dump. Um, I still think there's going to be blue chip assets that do well in the long run. You know, we talked about, I think people saying, you know, is grading a scam? Is is card collecting a scam? Is, is all of it a scam? I mean, if, if you don't yeah. like it, um, you know, it kind of feels that way. But I think there's people that will hold it for the long run. And these things are cyclical and we'll see what happens. Again, I don't really care. I don't have a, a horse in this in this race, but... Um, I, I think, honestly, the crash is a little overblown that these things, that's the nature of these markets. And you're going to see these things like they're going it, to it's kind of a classic middle finger curve right now. Something flies up and then it flies down. But it's kind of like, where do we go from here? Yeah, I think <clears throat> I mean, I NFTs are 10 years from now. NFTs are not going to be what they are today. They're probably going to be more like tickets and like memberships and like some pieces of art but the pieces of art are going to have to have utility it's and 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 i think it's like all of these nft projects are just companies like they're just companies that have a you know the roadmap that says they're going to be doing all of these things but i and and, you know i think one of the things is like everybody says they're going to make a game out of their nfts it's like you know think about how many gaming companies there are in the world that are making indie games every single day and half of them are not good. So like it's, it's interesting to see people. It's, it's interesting to see people so interested in NFT. Like, for, I mean, for me personally, if in an NFT that I'm looking at, like great, I'm sort of in the same boat. I've actually only bought one NFT from uh, Buster, who he uh, is the founder of hoops nation. I bought one of his NFTs like back in like January or something, mm-hmm. but, but like, you're supporting his podcast. As much right. As exa- as exactly. Right? I mean, yeah. that's kind of the thing. And he has like all of these like a utility, which is like actual physical, um, actual physical, you know, things that are going to happen based on owning the NFT, which I'm not, I'm not even expecting that to happen, you know, anytime soon. Like I'm seeing that kind of down the road. Like I've seen what he's been able to build at such a young age, just, and this is just my, the one that I bought, for example, like, and I, I I believe in him long-term in this kind of media sphere. But like, for me, anytime I see an NFT, a new company coming out and saying they're going to build a game, that's just immediately a red flag for me because it's like, you know, look at like Madden every year. Madden every year is sometimes it's just not good. And that's EA Sports. So it's like for a company that maybe has no gaming experience to say they're going to build a game, that's a As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Red flag for me. But like I said, at the same time, I just think in 10 years from now, the NF- an NFT is not going to be, you know, there probably will still be like bored apes and there probably will still be like crypto punks. But like, Every company that's expecting to build the next board apes or crypto punks, they're they're fighting an uphill battle. And even if these, you know, and if you look into it a little bit more, not you know, there is a lot of scamming that's going on behind the scenes in some of these companies because it's not hard to make a new wallet, purchase it, and sell it to, sell it to yourself, and then and then that's a comp for the price of a, a price of one, and then it sells, and then you kind of keep rinsing and repeating. And you know, there, it, it is all on the block. The, blockchain but also all of these things are not backed by anything other than the blockchain i guess if that makes sense and i I think one of the one of the arguments for cryptocurrency is that it's like it's not people will say well fiat currency so like dollars isn't really it's not backed by the gold standard anymore but it's like i don't know i i i I have like a nfts and crypto it's all kind of um I don't know. I think it's it's going to be the same. It's, the same thing is going to happen. We've already seen this. We already saw this in the early 2000s with, you know, the tech bubble and, you know, tech stocks going up. It's the same exact thing that's just happening in a different capacity with crypto and NFTs. You know, we've already seen it. So it's like, to, you know, I, Gary Vee says like 99% of these projects are going to fail, but it's like, and he's saying that because that's literally what happened with like pets.com and like all of these like companies that, became wildly successful in the early 2000s based on just being a tech company. Like they, they, they didn't really build anything. And that's sort of what I've seen a lot with some of these NFT companies and NFT projects is they're only popular because they're in the space there. There's yeah. no backing behind and there's no um, there's no, there's just no backing behind what they're saying actually. So like, I think it's like, I think the, the big thing in my opinion is that if you are looking to get into NFTs, I just don't think you should be, buy something it's 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 same with sports cards buy something because you like it not because you saw some celebrity talking about it that's mm-hmm. just that's just in my opinion like buy it because you like the art but like if it doesn't go up in price don't you know it's hard to i don't know it's it, like it's, Adam, it's, it's, it's a lot of thoughts totally agree i think like to that point we're right at the beginning of where we're going to see that 99 percent implode right and and we're kind of getting a, a, a the trailing indicator or the the leading indicator right now is in a way crypto where you're seeing Coins like Luna, if you invested a million dollars in it at the beginning of the year, that's now worth, what, like $300? Something so crazy like that. Just yeah. coins that are going to zero, which happened in 2017, and people you know, didn't learn. Happened in 2000, where all these startups with no uh, real business case just crashed. Meanwhile, Amazon did come out of that. And if you invested back then, man, you're doing amazing right now. Right. But how do you pick the Amazon, you know? And, and is it going to be just the, those classic ones, crypto punks and those? So, we're, you know, you're going to see Bitcoin and Ethereum. They lost half their value. They might keep losing more. But it's the tiny uh, the S coins, we'll call them, that are going to zero or near zero. And it's going to be those equivalents in NFTs like, uh, you know, that hundredth project that was released that week with 10,000 stupid little doodles or drawings or sketches, right, that are going to be worth nothing and which are going to be the premium projects. Like, we really can't predict that right now. And uh, uh, both great points. I want to just piggyback uh, off a couple of things. And Adam touched on this. There is a criminal element to uh, crypto and NFTs that that are are, are part of this story. It's not 
just everything failing uh, on its own. There, there is a little bit of a crypto and fraud element. Uh, we, we have that in the hobby too, quite frankly. I just think the hobby is strong enough to uh, obviously withstand that. Uh, these other two elements being sort of new, uh, taking on the chin more. And that's my next point is, you know, being sort of new concepts, both of them, uh, it's it's definitely a black eye that, you know, I'm not saying they're, 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 they're going away and they're dying and we'll never hear the word NFT or crypto again. We're, we're, that, that's we are. They're, they're going to be around for who knows, maybe forever. Right. But I just think this sort of uh, stuff sort of gives it a black eye and uh, a bad look. And I think hurts the future, the long term uh, future of it, where we hear about trimming and, and theft and fraud uh, forgeries in the hobby, the hobby's so big, it has hundreds of, you know, a hundred years of, of tradition behind it and, and activity behind it. They can kind of brush, I don't want to say brush it off, but take the hit and, and keep moving forward. Uh, I don't know, you know, NFTs and crypto are not in that uh, kind of area to be able to just sort of brush it off. I think it's going to be a, a hit. Uh, like you, you guys both said, I'm sure there'll be some that remain successful. But just like Corey said, finding that—I don't want—I don't know if needle in the haystack is maybe a great analogy, but sort of finding that—that that one, right? That needle in the haystack. That I mean, you know, uh, even even the most uh, ardent of crypto or NFT experts, if if there is such a thing, would probably have difficulty doing that. So, for me, you or anyone else, you know, that's not. Uh, a crypto and NFT expert. Good luck. Uh, good luck with that. I guess you know. May the Schwartz be with you there. But uh, you know. So you know. I don't. I don't know. I. I don't dabble in either. I've had. I've been approached numerous times, and it's just not my thing. And uh, I like to do stuff. You know that I, I have some knowledge about, especially when there's financial stuff. Uh, on the line, and and I, you know, I do stocks, 401k, obviously, sports cards. Uh, I probably know sports cards the best out of those three things uh, I mentioned, but I know enough about even the other two to to put some money in it. And and obviously, you know, stocks have a long history, just like the hobby does behind it uh, as well. That we can that we can kind of look at to see future trends, right? So we'll see, we'll see, you know, where this goes, but uh, not not a good. You know, a few weeks uh, for for that niche, if you will. But uh, I agree, it's not going away. But it it never was a part of what I did. So this just sort of cements my my thoughts. And I'm only again only speaking for me here. Yeah, right. I mean, I guess I'll, I'll, one last point about it. Like, <clears throat> I think with NFTs and crypto right now, I think unfortunately a lot of people are going into it with the short mindset, like of. And I think it can happen in sports cards too, where they see the short term money in front of them and they're like, that sounds like a great idea. But then next thing you know, like the, and also it's, it's, it's really one of the only kind of industries sort of that's like, it, 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 there's almost a facade in my opinion that like the influencer is telling you that you're going to make money from buying this thing. Like any influencer that's telling you that, that you can make money from buying, you know, a, what it's probably not a crypto punk because those are a little bit too expensive, but like any type of, you know, NFT project, it's like the, and the internet is a little bit short-sighted. So like sometimes people, they just move on to the next thing people don't remember. But I think for the people that are in the know, like these influencers and people who are kind of 
talking about these crypto projects and just saying, you, you're going to make money if you buy this thing. It's like, and then it goes to zero. It's like, well, you know, that's bad. Like, that's not like, that's, I just, I wish it wasn't like that. Sometimes it, it just ends up happening. But at the same time, it's like, I think a lot of people are ruining their reputations right now because they're, they're doing this type of, you know, promotion that they don't believe in that they're just doing it because they, you know, in some, in some cases, probably big influencers are making millions of dollars from just telling people to buy these, buy these NFTs. And, you know, maybe they don't care. I don't know. That's kind of the other kind of thing that stinks about like what's going on right now. It's like some of these influencers are probably just doing it for the money and they don't care if their fans are getting hurt or anybody's losing Mm -hmm. money. Like they, they're making a million dollars. So it's like, what's to them, you know, but at the same time, so I I think it's just be careful who you're listening to when it comes to, you know, buying anything in general, in my opinion, like not even just, not even just whether it's an NFT or a sports card or a stock, it's like, just, you know, make sure you're doing the research and not just buying something because someone told you to. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that, it's amazing, Adam, how many people just kind of cough their money up for, you know, just because someone tells them to do this. And, right. Uh, and do your due diligence. Uh, well said. And not just, like you said, anything, anything. I don't care what what it is. Stocks, cards, crypto, NFTs, you know, uh, 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 timeshare at a condo in Florida, whatever the case uh, may be, you know, uh, do your due diligence, do your research. And if you got a bad feeling, right, it's your money. You control that. Walk away, right? Uh, you don't have to spend it uh, on something. So yeah, right, we started – yeah, A couple yeah, of your ahead. thoughts, just really quick, just a finishing thought, is that, you know, Adam talking about, you know, these people ruining their reputations potentially based on, you know, what they've been pumping and, and their fans potentially losing a lot of money. John, you mentioned the criminal aspect. I think there's people that went into this not even thinking they're doing criminal activity. But the receipts are there when it comes to crypto and NFTs, blockchain and everything. And the pump and dump possibility of prosecution in some of these cases is going to be really interesting to see uh, if people pumped, sold and, you know, and they're treated as securities in a lot of cases. We'll see what happens. Right. And and also, sorry, one one last. This this will be my last point about it. I swear the the it's a meme at this point. People will say not financial advice. There is 100% no way that just because you said not financial advice, that's going to hold up in court. I just, I, I'm predicting that now there is 100%. If, if somebody is getting sued or whatever, they're in court and the, the person goes, or the defense lawyer says, well, they said not financial advice. They're going to be like, that doesn't mean anything. Like that literally, there, there is no meaning to what you just said. What you said is financial advice. You can't just say it's not financial advice and then, and then say financial advice and then have it not be that it's like, it's, you know, it, it, it blows, it blows my mind that people think that that's actually something that like will hold up in court one day. Like it's why hashtag it, I, NFA is not a legal defense. Yeah. I mean, apparently, apparently <laughs> hashtags it's are going to, it's, it's the same thing as saying no offense, but, and then <laughs> right, saying right, something exactly, not yeah. very flattering, like no right. offense, but, and then it's an offensive thing you say. It's <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the no offense, but didn't save you. It, right. it just, you tried to lessen the blow that still hit you over the head when you when you when you take it so guys we started the show with uh you know uh, a tribute to someone uh the hobby laws we're here at nfts not not a good one let's let's end let's end on on a on a higher note uh we got the national it's actually uh 72 days away if you're listening to this uh today saturday uh the 14th so we're 72 days out uh are you guys uh, are you guys both going 
I'm yeah, I'm definitely planning to go. I just need to figure out my travel plans. Hopefully, uh, for at least a couple of days. Yeah, I'm in the same. I'm I'm like moving in the next month, so I after that, I, after that, I'm gonna really gonna probably set some plans on uh, what exactly what exactly I'll be doing for it. Yeah, uh, as always, uh, I'll be looking forward to it. Uh, you know, Ray Schulte was on my show about three weeks ago, four weeks ago. For those that haven't heard, the big trade night that uh, Card Collector Two and and uh, that group and Panini puts on, uh, where it was at a separate uh, site uh, in, in prior years, will take place in the the building that the National is in, in the convention center. Nice. So in case in case you didn't know that. Uh, you know, they'll close, uh, I'm sure they'll close the, the show floor off, but the, the trade night will happen in the same uh, building and also probably in your hotel uh, lobby as well and other nights. Uh, to, but uh, that, that he announced, uh, he said more details uh, to come. Uh, there'll be more sponsors uh, involved uh, with that event being it's going to be uh, in the building, the same building itself. So probably going to get uh, bigger and better. I'm not a big trade guy I don't trade a lot i'm more of a buyer and seller but uh, i think we all know the importance and significance of that event uh, the fact that i don't trade doesn't make that any less uh significant so i wanted to uh, uh touch on that you know if in case you didn't listen uh to the ep- episode there you go uh you know what uh, obviously meeting people okay what do you look forward or what kind of close what you guys are looking forward to uh at the event itself I always look forward to just walking around and seeing the cards that inspire me. I mean, communities, everything. So I love just seeing people like I saw Adam at the last one met for the first time. And it was a blast. And you too, John. Um, but I love that. And I love just when you run into a collector and you flip open your cases together, or pull out some cards and just kind of show each other cards that you enjoy. Um, and I'll probably bring along a few extra cards like I did last year. Last year, I gave away a bunch of Snoop Dogg rookies to people because I had a bunch of extras. This year, I'm thinking right maybe one me. that we could all learn from when it comes to long time holding. And I, I have some Warren Buffett cards, so I'll, I'll bring some extras <laughs> to get to you guys. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I. it's just a culmination of, like, the year's worth of work that everybody puts in. Like, <clears throat> you know, for me, I'm more on the content side than I am on really buying and selling and, like, following the news and kind of reporting on news. So it's like, you know, it's always fun to see the people that, you know, may, maybe you're talking to on a daily basis, like people in our group chats, people in other Instagram group chats that we're in, you know, it's it's just always fun to see the people that you're talking to almost on a daily basis, finally in person. I mean, last year it was like, you know, there was a couple of interactions where I was like in my head, I was like, I was almost tearing up because it was just, it was two years worth of building and doing content and all this stuff. And finally meeting these people. Cause I met some of them at the 2019 national, but then, and then, but that was when I had really first started. So then going to the 2021 national, it was like, it blew my mind. Like the people that I met and the people that like, even said that they knew like who I was like, it just, it, it, it doesn't seem real until you meet them in person. Um, and that's, I mean, that's my favorite part. That's a part that I'm most excited just to see the people that kind of we're talking to on a daily basis for the most part. Yeah. meeting like, like, you, you know, uh, both great points. And like, like Corey said, right. Meeting people uh, for the first time, meeting people again, it's sort of like, you know, uh, I heard someone else. I, I, if I knew who it was, I'd give proper credit. So I apologize. But, uh, you know, I call it the Super Bowl, the hobby. Another person coined it uh, the family reunion, right? It's sort yeah. of like that that week you circle on your, your calendar every year to meet your hobby friends slash fam, uh, that sort of thing. It's a, it's a good way to look at it. So uh, for sure, and uh, for those listening on Saturday, we are 72 days away 
exactly from this event. There'll be very little content in the 72 days leading up to it, talking about it. So I wanted to take a moment here uh, to, to talk about it. Obviously, that's a sarcastic comment. You're going to be overloaded. Uh, I'll, I'll contribute to that uh, with my shows. You're going to be overloaded with uh, NSCC content from, from you know the next 72 days leading in to the event. And then after, obviously, uh, as well. So, well, guys, thank you. Uh, I'll talk to you, obviously, before then, but looking forward to, to seeing you guys uh, uh, in Atlantic City uh, as, as well. So uh, thanks, everyone, in the chat room. Uh, if you don't catch us uh, live, you can catch us on all major uh, podcast platforms uh, anytime. You can backtrack, listen to any episodes uh, you may have missed, if you so choose. And uh, by all means, uh, you're welcome to come in uh, live, as you saw Mike Moynihan do, and, and then download the podcast and, and bask in the glory of that. So with that being said, uh, for Adam, for Corey, thanks for joining us. Uh, and we'll see you uh, Tuesday, Tuesday night for another episode of Hobby Hotline Overtime. And, and then again, Saturday next week. Take care, everybody. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.